Welcome to Sex Ed with DB. I'm your host, DB. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the podcast. If you love and support the work that we do, head to www.sexedwithdb.com and buy some of our hot new merch. Follow us on Instagram at sexedwithdbpodcast. And if you want to advertise with us, shoot us an email at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. This week's episode is all about asexuality with Daniel Walker. Daniel is an engineer, YouTuber, and asexual activist. He identifies as homoromantic asexual, which means that he feels romantic attraction to other men, but sexual attraction to no one. Through his YouTube channel, Slice of Ace, and work with the Asexual Visibility and Education Network, aka AVEN, Daniel works to educate others about this lesser-known facet of the LGBTQ community. Here I am with Daniel. This season, we've teamed up with a pleasure-positive and joyful brand called Smile Makers. Smile Makers' mission is to normalize the perception of female sexuality. They do this by creating elegant vibrators and lubricants and bringing them into our favorite shops. To create their products, they stay up to date with the latest research on female sexuality, but they also work with sexologists to gather pleasure tips that they can share with their community on their blog and on their Instagram, at SmileMakersCollection. Go to www.smilemakerscollection.com to redeem an exclusive offer and get a free bottle of their generous gel lubricant with any purchase above 50 US dollars with my special coupon, SexEdDB. SexEd with DB is supported by Isle. Isle is a collection of high performance, reusable period care products centered on body positivity, ethical business, and sustainability. Isle, previously known as Lunapads, has an entire line of reusable pads, cups, and period underwear that's made from sustainable, technical, and safe absorbent materials. Find out more at www.periodisle.com and use promo code SEXEDDB to get 20% off your first purchase. Follow them on Instagram, at periodisle. Sex Ed with DB is supported by Clona Willie. Clona Willie has been all about dick since 96, and all kits are hand-assembled in Portland, Oregon. All materials are 100% body safe, extremely high quality, and easy to use and clean. Use promo code SEXED20 for 20% off your purchase of any Clona Willy or Clona Pussy kit at www.clonawilly.com. Follow them on IG at Clona Willy Kit. Hello, Daniel. Welcome to the podcast. How's it going? Hi. It's going well, thanks. Yeah, good, good. Um, we talked a little bit about before we started recording about coronavirus. Um, hope you're staying well. Um, and yeah, for those of our listeners who aren't in the UK, do you want to just give a little bit of uh, detail as to what's going on there? Uh, yes. Uh, we're limited in the amount we can actually go outside. It's recommended that you only go outside for shopping and once per day for exercise. Um, so pretty much everyone is on quarantine at the moment. Yeah. Um, Pretty big difference. I feel like in the U.S., obviously, depending on the state, people are just kind of spring breaking and doing their idiot things. Um, yeah. But the U.K. has got it on lock, so that's Yeah, good. I was visiting the U.S. a week and a half ago. Um, oh, that's right. Where were you? Yeah. Uh, in uh, Maryland. 
okay okay yeah. and how was it over there it was nice um I was visiting my boyfriend and we basically just stayed inside uh, the whole week but uh-huh. had a staycation um, yeah yeah <laughs> but uh yeah that's nice um okay so let's get started um I would love for you to tell everyone your name uh your pronouns and how you identify so my name's Daniel uh, I use he him pronouns and I identify as homoromantic asexual awesome um, and for those who may not be familiar, uh, what does it mean to be asexual? Um, so the official de- definition, the one that um, people use most often, is that um, asexuality is when you don't feel sexual attraction. So whereas uh, someone who is heterosexual might feel would feel sexual attraction to the opposite gender, and homosexual would feel uh, sexual attraction to the same gender, um, asexuals don't feel sexual attraction to anyone. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Awesome. So a lot of folks don't really realize that there's a really wide range of identities inside the asexual and aromantic umbrella. Um, Can you talk a little bit about the diversity of those identities within the community and maybe where you fall within that diversity? Yeah, of course. Um, So we've already hinted at it when I um, told you you my identity, Um, but um, it's quite common within the asexual community to split attraction into several different types. Uh, the main two are romantic and sexual attraction. So I said that I identified as homoromantic asexual, which means that I feel romantic attraction to people of the same gender, i.e. guys in my case, and um, sexual attraction to no one. But you can have any sort of combination um, between different romantic and sexual attractions. So you could be aromantic heterosexual or panromantic asexual or anything like that. Um, And apart from that, um, there are a couple of other main uh, orientations underneath the um, ace and arrow umbrellas. Um, Ace and arrow being short for asexual and aromantic. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So one is demisexual, which means that you only feel sexual attraction after you've um, formed a strong emotional bond of someone. Um, So that a lot of people confuse that with just normal functioning sexuality mm-hmm. because um, someone might be like, they might not want to have sex, say, on the first date or something, and they say, oh, yeah, that's the same as demisexuality. But um, a demisexual might have to be in a like a long, committed friendship with someone for months or even years before they start feeling sexual attraction. So that can really change the dynamic um, between people. Mm. Um and another one is um, gray asexual or gray sexual, um, which is essentially an umbrella term uh, for anyone who identifies in between asexual and, uh, I don't want to say normal sexuality, but um, like hetero or homosexual, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. So they're in the gray area between the two. Gotcha. Um, and can you talk a little bit about your personal story? Like, how did you come to realize that you were asexual? Um, what was it like for you as a young person realizing that? I feel like in terms of like the media that represents asexual people, it's like kind of few and far between. Although there was an episode on sex education um, where I saw you had a YouTube video on, on your <laughs> yeah, YouTube yeah. channel. Um, so maybe you can talk about how like media also like impacted your view of asexuality. Yeah, so um, when I was growing up, there was no representation of asexuality. Um, I grew up in quite a conservative area as well, so there wasn't really any representation of um, of gay stuff either. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I didn't identify as straight. 
um, I used to say that I was nothing because um, people at that point in life are very focused on sex. So you don't really talk about relationship without talking about sex. They're very intertwined. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't know that you could be gay and not want sex. Um, and it took learning about asexuality and learning about this split attraction model um, to realize that I could be both at the same time. Um, but it, c- it could be very ostracizing at times in secondary school slash high school um, when everyone about everyone around me started talking about sex suddenly and I wasn't interested at all. Right. And how about like, yeah, like what about that sex education episode? Like what, what do you think? Um, and can you like describe it for folks who are listening and also like give your opinion as to if you thought that was a good representation, if you thought that was accurate in terms of like representing your personal experience, um, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it was in the, the second season of sex education. I haven't watched the whole thing. Um, cause, um, very good. But, um, uh, so what one of the, um, students, uh, they start thinking that, oh, um, I think they're in a play, aren't they? Yeah. And um, uh, she she goes to um, Otis, the main character, and uh, just says, oh, I don't really want sex, but I, I still want a relationship. And he kind of gives him gives her bad advice about it and says, oh, you just need to find the right person, mm. which is... Um, <laughs> One of the um, it's it's on Is the that asexual a classic line that people say. Yeah, it's on the asexual bingo card, as we like to call it. Um, <laughs> um but uh, yeah, and then later on in the episode, she goes to um the sex counselor Otis's mum, and uh, she basically says, "Oh, have you considered that you might be asexual?" Um, and then explains briefly what asexuality is, and says that. Um, you can also be asexual and want to date people. And I think um, given the like time of the episode, um, like the runtime of it, I think it was a very good overview and starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, and it did represent uh, asexuality and the orientations around that very well. But um, obviously there can always be more because there's so little representation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, awesome. So can you talk a little bit about if there are any dating apps out there? Um, there are like a billion, so I'm sure there's something for specifically ace identifying folks. Um, and if you've researched that or if that's come up, um, for you and, and folks, you know, in the ace community. Yeah. Um, so there isn't actually that much, that much choice because, um, I guess because the ace community is, is, is quite small and um, a large proportion of those may be aromantic and don't want a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a very small market to appeal to. Right. Um, there are there are a couple um, off off the top of my head. There's Asexual Cupid, which is a, like a browser-based dating dating site, um, but it's it's kind of awful to be honest. I've tried using it before <laughs> and it's very difficult to message people without paying extortionate fees. Um, but fortunately, um, some of the mainstream dating sites have started, uh, catering to asexual users. Mm, um, so? so I don't know if, 
I don't know if you've heard, um, Tinder a few months ago added the option to put your sexual orientation. Oh, I didn't hear on, that, no. Um, yeah, so you can um, just put it on your profile so it shows up. And um, you can also make it so you're more likely to match with people who are of similar orientations to you. Um, and one of the, well, two of the ones included were asexuality and I think demisexuality was on there as well. Um, so that's what I actually did when I met my current boyfriend. Oh, that's I, how you met. Yeah, yeah. Because, um, I mean, just being gay, the only really space you can go is, I guess, a gay bar and that's inherently sexual. So, um mm -hmm. Uh, dating apps were really the only option for me personally and um, having it advertised up front so people who did want who didn't want to date someone who was asexual which is totally fine it's their own choice mm -hmm. um, could steer clear of me in other words <laughs> um, and I think OkCupid's got a similar thing you can put your gender identity and sexual orientation on there Gotcha. Awesome. That's really great that dating apps are kind of like catching on to that, even though it is potentially a, you know, a small community. I think, do you know the percentage off the top of your head of folks, at least right now, that they have data on um, who identifies ACE? So the, the most quoted figure is um, from a UK census a few years ago that uh, said that about 1% of the population identifies as asexual. So it's mm -hmm. Yeah, not that many, but then it's still, if you think of 1% of like 7 billion, that's still a lot of people. Right. Um, but there hasn't been too much research into it besides that. And because the, there isn't much representation about it, I imagine there will be a lot of people who would identify as Ace or Arrow, but don't because they don't know about it, they don't. They don't. <laughs> right, if they don't have the words for it or aren't yeah. able to articulate that. Yeah, it's um, funny with like, percentages that are small like that like if you think for example we did an episode um that featured intersex folks and they talked about their own experiences and um the fact that uh you know roughly the figure that we have is about 1.7 percent or two percent of the population is intersex and when you say that number out loud like you said it may sound small but also that's the same percentage that exists of redheads like that's and everyone knows someone who's a redhead you know it's not yeah, like yeah. it's easy to kind of like picture it in that way where it's like oh yeah I definitely know someone who you know whether they know it or not or whether they do know it like identifies as intersex um, yeah and I think um asexuality is much less visible because say if someone's gay you might see that they're dating a guy or they're interested right. in, in guys but um because it's a lack of interest you're not going to look at someone who isn't actively having sex and say oh you must be asexual because mm -hmm. well you don't see people having sex very often. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. Not, not, not as common. <laughs> no. Um, okay. Incredible. So let's go on. And I would love to know in your experience and as a sex educator, um, what are some common misconceptions about people who identify as asexual? Um, can you dispel those for us and maybe share like where they came from? Yeah. Um, so quite a lot of the misconceptions come to people not understanding. Um, so uh, one big one is that people will um, misinterpret it for um, hyperactive sexual desire disorder, mm. um, which is um, the, a sexual health problem. But uh, 
Um, the thing is that asexuality is an orientation. It's not uh, something that's wrong with your hormones. It's not a problem of sexual health. Um, if you're, fortunately, the, um, I can't remember exactly which organization it was, um, but they, it's some American like sexual health organization, I think, mm -hmm. but, or mental health organization, I can't remember. Um, they um, specifically said that if you are comfortable living without sexual attraction and um, uh, identify as asexual, then it's not hypoactive sexual uh, desire disorder. Um, so that was a good step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, a lot of people also conflate asexuality and aromanticism. Um, so they might say, oh, you're asexual, you can't love people. Mm. Um, but one, that's um, saying that all love must be romantic or sexual, which isn't the case. You can have love for your friends or family. And that's platonic love is just as important. Um, mm -hmm. And also there are people like me who still want to date, even though they don't feel sexual attraction. Totally. Yeah. And how do you think like media? So there's that episode from sex education, right? Which is kind of just like a small picture into one person's life. Um, how do you think there could be more visibility for asexual people? I think um, obviously that the ideal would be having a, a, an asexual narrative that's focused the main character being asexual and going through their story maybe they're coming out the a similar way to how like love simon was like a mainstream gay coming out story mm -hmm. um but obviously we're, we're a long way away from that at the moment and um there is still a lot of negative representation about um asexuality and aromanticism because people who display those traits are often seen by society as being um, heartless or even psychopathic. Mm. Um, so it's, yeah, I think just more positive representation in the vein that you've seen in sex education, just so people who aren't aware of it, people outside the ace community can be exposed to it and start being normalized to it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, let's move on to your YouTube channel, Slice of Ace. So... Let's hear about um, like how you created it, why you created it, um, and what you've learned by putting um, your videos into the world, um, and a little bit about like what you cover in your YouTube channel. Yeah, um, so I, the name Slice of Ace um, comes from, uh, in the Ace community, like cake is quite a big symbol because uh, just randomly someone said, oh, cake is better than sex. Um, and then it kind of caught on. And uh, so there's, um, and the AVEN forums, AVEN is the um, Asexuality, Visibility and Education Network. Um, whenever a new member comes on, people like greet them with pictures of cake. Um, so that's become a really big symbol. <laughs> I kind of, I love that. Yeah, I uh, latched onto that. Um, I started doing the YouTube channel for two reasons. Um, one was because I was bored. I just uh, finished university and um, I was looking for jobs. And as I imagine, you know, you can't look for jobs 24 seven. Nope, you um, cannot. So uh, it gets very depressing, very fast. Um, so I, uh, 
yeah, I decided to, I wanted to do something and I like having a creative outlet. And um, the main person who did asexual YouTube videos at the time, Amelia Ace, I'd stopped doing them a few months ago and I was kind of disappointed. Um, I wanted to see that content and I thought, oh, I've got free time. I'll make that content instead. Um, and I think especially for me, um, since I grew up in a conservative rural area um, and there wasn't much media representation, I did look to YouTube to see gay people and asexual people um, and just living their lives and being happy. And it made me feel a lot more comfortable about my own orientation. Mm -hmm. And yeah, what kinds of videos do you kind of have? Is it more so kind of like a lecturing style? Do you have people like ask questions that you directly answer? Is it a combo? Um, it's, a, it's a mix of things. Uh, so I'll do, um, at the start, I was doing a lot of informative videos, just covering the bases, what is asexuality and um, uh, identities within the uh, ace umbrella, things we've kind of talked about already. Um, and every now and then I'll do something about um, uh, that someone has, recommend, someone has recommended or asked, um, which can be a wide range of things. And um, one thing that we alluded to earlier is that sometimes I, I look at um, sources of ace representation either in the media or um, recently someone made a, made a short film um, uh, called It's Not You, It's Not Me. Uh, so I watched that and had a reaction about it, a reaction to it. Uh, and it was really good because it displayed a dynamic of someone in a relationship. Uh, one was asexual and one person was not asexual. Mm. And um, that kind of dynamic and the kind of problems that can occur in that situation. Um, yeah, can you talk a little bit about that? That's something I'm actually, I've actually been curious about. Like, yeah. if, some per if one person is asexual and they're in a relationship with someone who's not asexual, like, what what could that look like? Um, like, if for someone who's asexual, does that mean that they potentially wouldn't be interested in providing sexual pleasure for someone else, or is that exclusively for themselves? Like, um, and obviously every person is different, but I guess just from that movie at least, or like other stories that you've heard, um, like what does that look like for you? Yeah, so um, actually both of the relationships I've been in are um, have been with people who don't identify as asexual. Who don't? Um, don't identify, yeah. Gotcha. Um, so, um, because like, a very small percentage of the uh, ace community is um, male, which I think is because oh. um, society teaches men to be mm. overtly sexual. Right. So people can't really consider the idea of someone, a guy being asexual. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm really glad you did ask that because it reminded me that um, to say that in the ace community that people have different attitudes towards sex. Mm -hmm. um, so some people might be sex repulsed, um, which means that they, well, it repulses them. They don't, they want anything to do with it. Mm -hmm. um, some might be sex indifferent, so they don't really care one or the other. That's kind of the stance that I take. And some may be sex positive. Um, so they're, um, they're positive about it. They like it and all that, but they don't still don't feel that sexual attraction. And, um, in my case in particular, I'm in a long distance relationship, but when my boyfriend and I are together, we do have sex and um, I'm fine having sex, even though I don't necessarily want it. Um, for, for me, it's kind of like if your partner is really interested in golf or something and they want you to get involved in it. Um, <laughs> 
but you, you don't have that inherent desire for it but because it's something they enjoy you can kind of enjoy it through them if that makes sense gotcha yeah so like um, you're yeah it's so interesting though because there's like not like a fine line per se, but it's just interesting to think through all the complexities with that. Because I think like, so like as a woman, like when we learn about, you know, and when we teach as sex educators about consent, you know, it's kind of all about this like affirmative ongoing and like it obviously has to really depend on the couple because as you're saying, like in your relationship, particularly if you identify obviously as asexual, but you're kind of like fine with it and it's not like you're not being coerced by any means but like you know you're giving an affirmative yes but at the same time you know you just you know you like there are so many yeah. complexities in it um i think definitely in that situation communication is paramount um right. because you need to always have your you need to properly explain and discuss what your boundaries are what you're comfortable with what your um up for doing and what you maybe where your hard line is which you won't cross um and um maybe sometimes if you have a partner who's asexual they won't feel up to it all the time or or as often as someone who who isn't um and it's important to have those conversations um and and in your experience i'm curious like and if this is like too personal please feel free to be like <laughs> pass along but i am just curious just because like in terms of the lack of sexual like pleasure or drive or like you know you said at least how i heard you describe it as like oh you can kind of take it or leave it like you don't like it really you don't dislike it really um yeah. it's kind of neutral but how about like if so if you are having sex and like you are gaining pleasure or how is that tied or not tied to like orgasm or kind of like other kinds of things of that nature? Yeah. So, um, asexuality is all about sexual attraction. So, um, the bodies of ace people work exactly the same as everyone else. Mm -hmm. Um, so we feel pleasure when, right. when orgasming. Um, and a lot of asexuals, uh, enjoy masturbating and all that. Um, and, uh, to me, the way it is, is if maybe you don't want to, you don't have that inherent desire to have sex with someone. Mm -hmm. But if you enjoy masturbating and you love a person, you may as well not masturbate with them. But yeah, you could. You, you but... go on. But you yeah. could do if you wanted that. That's like a, that's a valid thing to do. And uh, uh, but yeah, depends on the the people involved. But gotcha. Um, yeah, uh, there is a, a lot of aces that masturbate. Maybe they don't. Um, because it's still like they still might have a libido and they still might have that sexual drive and mm -hmm. just need to satisfy it every now and then, but they don't want to do it with people necessarily. Got it. That makes total sense. Yeah. Wow. I feel like I'm learning so much already. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Because um, we really don't talk about this part of sexuality um, in sex education, like even in progressive sex education, I feel like mm. even if it's comprehensive, it doesn't really cover stories and like, you know, narratives and kind of feelings from actual people who identify as ace. So this is yeah. really enlightening. Well, I'm hoping I'm, I'm hoping I'm giving good information. Oh, uh, I'm doing my best. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the best information can 
just be from pre- people's personal feelings and experiences because yeah. we can have the statistics. We can share, you know, my statistic that I said about intersex folks being the same amount of people as redhead redheads. But like, you know, at the end of the day, the most important thing is hearing from people who identify in those ways. And, and so people listening can really understand like at least one person's perspective. Um, yeah. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. And I think especially because the, the ace community is so broad, my experience is maybe very different from mm-hmm. someone else. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, a little bit back to your YouTube channel. So I would love if um, you could share if this has happened. If not, that's totally OK. But like if someone has reached out to you, who's seen your videos, who's kind of like reacted in the way that I'm reacting right now of saying like, <laughs> hey, I've really gained something from this. Like, um, what was that like for you? And um, can you tell us a little bit about that interaction? Yeah, so I've had a few times when people have messaged me outside YouTube because I, I, I have my, I put my email there and um, I have a Twitter you can DM me on. So um, I really encourage people to, if they want, to talk about it um, or have any questions which they don't want to put on a public space, they can ask me outside of that. And um, yeah, a couple of times I've had someone saying, um, oh, your, your videos have really helped me feel validated and seeing someone who, who identifies like I do has, has made me feel a lot better about myself like there are other people out there, um, which is what I intended to do from the start doing YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember one time when someone came to me and they were an asexual dating someone who wasn't asexual and they just asked for some advice about it. And then we had this n- nice chat. Um, and there are even people I've made friends through my YouTube channel through messaging people outside of it. Um, so I think that's the thing I enjoy most about it. Um, knowing that people can, can find something of worth in what I make. Yeah, that's so spectacular. I mean, I feel like similar things have happened with the podcast of there's like one person who I can recall who's like reached out to me being like, hey, like I love your podcast and like I decided to get my master's of public health like thanks to you and just kind of like, yeah, it's just like so. It's really nice. Yeah, it's literally the only like the main reason why I feel like I'm doing this is like to, you know, really and you too, like just to reach people and really hope that people are gaining information and like things about themselves, um, in order to live healthier, happier lives. Um, mm. so that's really awesome. And congrats on all of your success and Thank on you. your thousand, uh, subscribers. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Thanks. Um, so what other resources do you know of that are available for folks who are asexual and maybe who are looking for, um, community and support? Yeah, so the biggest one I recommend is some AVEN, the Asexuality Visibility and Education Network. Um, uh, if you just search for AVEN, uh, you'll find it. Um, there are a, I believe they're a charity who, um, they do visibility work for asexuality and they also have the big, the forum, the AVEN forums are the biggest community of asexuals um, uh, on online. Um, so basically you can go there you can ask questions people are always really welcoming and um it's where when i was questioning my sexuality i went there and i asked for questions and learned all the things i'm telling you now um so um yeah and then there's a really big supportive community based sexualities on twitter on tumblr on on all these uh different 
social media sites, which I don't use very often because I'm scared <laughs> of the internet. <laughs> You're scared of it? How come? I don't know. I just, um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not used to social media. I never really used it when I was growing up. So yeah, <laughs> weirdly, it's a lot. I mean, there are a lot of things going on at all times and it's very yep. consuming and definitely during Corona, it's like really overtaking people's lives. Yeah. But, um, that's neither here nor there, but, but I think I, I digressed. Um, I, no, no, yeah. no, not at all. Um, yeah. Do you have any other like resources? So you said Avon, like any others that you would recommend or is that kind of the main one that folks go to? I think that's the main one. Um, that'd be your jumping off point. Um, there's not any of us I can think of off the top of my head. Um, obviously if you have any questions you want to ask personally, you can always message me. I don't mind. Um, and there's a couple of other, um, ACE YouTubers and activists, which are also, uh, always happy to help. Um, yeah. can you maybe name some of those folks? Um, so the biggest, uh, name in ACE activism at the moment is Yasmin Benoit. Um, so she's actually a, a lingerie model, uh, here in the UK. Um, and, uh, but she identifies as aromantic asexual. And one of the big things she go, um, I don't want to, the word that came to mind was preaches, but it's not preaching. Um, uh, she talks, promotes, yeah, is that um, uh, asexual, there isn't an asexual look. And um, she's a lingerie model, but that doesn't mean that she wants people to have sex with her. Um, she just enjoys it. And um, that doesn't invalidate her asexuality in any way, because your orientation doesn't um, define how you how you look or how you dress. Um, and then uh, there's another uh, YouTuber who does ace videos um, called uh, Samantha Amy. Um, she's a friend and uh, she's always happy to talk to aces. So. That is incredible. Amazing. Um, it's a very uh, close-knit community. Yeah, that's super sweet. Um, can you share where people can find you? So I know you're not a huge social media guy, but um, maybe share your YouTube links and maybe your, your Twitter handle and just wherever people can find you or your email um, so people can get in touch. Yep. Um, so my uh, the easiest way is just, just to search Slice of Ace. I imagine it will come up on YouTube at least. Um, and uh, same on Twitter, search Slice of Ace. I doubt there's anyone else called that. I've got a little uh, cake with the colors of the ace flag um, as my logo. Um, but the, the, the YouTube link is youtube.com slash C slash slice of ace. Um, my email, I won't go here because um, it's my name backwards and trying to, um, <laughs> trying to yeah, explain that is it would take a while. But yeah, that's on my YouTube channel as well, I think. Amazing. And if there's maybe like, one thing you want to leave our um, our listeners with, maybe one uh, thing you definitely want them to take away about um, anything ace or asexuality related, um, definitely from this episode or things we didn't really get to chat about, what would that be? Um, I think the, the important thing is to, to make the distinction between um, celibacy or abstinence and asexuality and also that asexuality isn't any sort of disease or disorder um it's an orientation just like any other um and 
like I was saying, celibacy is is a choice. You you choose not to have sex for whatever reason, whether they be moral or religious or anything else. Whereas asexuality, you don't feel the sexual attraction in the first place. And I think that's probably one of the biggest misunderstandings uh, about the orientation. Are you stuck with roommates during quarantine? Or maybe your walls are a bit too thin? Try the silent sex toy, Oh My G from Ioba Toys. The pearl at the top of the toy is designed to directly massage your G-spot that will rival even the greatest oral sex. Featuring a smooth exterior and a C-shaped design, the Oh My G offers a level of G-spot stimulation you just can't get with another toy. Go to www.iobatoys.com for your new Oh My G. Isle is a woman-owned, social mission-driven business based in Vancouver, Canada. Their goal is to help people have better periods through knowing their bodies and making positive choices. Each of their reusable pads replaces 150 disposables. Check out all of their amazing period products at www.periodisle.com and use promo code SEXEDDB to get 20% off your first purchase. Follow them on Instagram at periodisle. Ever look at your penis or vulva in the mirror and be like, damn, my part is art? Clona Willie definitely agrees. The original penis casting kit, Clona Willie, and the classy counterpart, Clona Pussy, are easy to make, sex positive, and body safe. While Clona Willie makes for the most personalized sex toy on the planet, Clona Pussy makes for the most unique memento. All materials are 100% body safe, extremely high quality, and easy to use and clean. Check them out at www.clonawilly.com and use promo code SEXED20 for 20% off your purchase. Follow them on Instagram at clonawillykit. Our creator, co-producer, sound engineer, and host is me, Danielle Bezalel, aka DB. Our co-producer and communications lead is Catherine Cohen. Our main logo and banner graphic were created by Andrea Forgotch. Our social media intern is Leslie Lopez. Our music theme is by Hook Sounds. Our ad music is by my stepdad, Bill Gant. Thank you so much to our featured guests, partners, and our listeners. If you're interested in advertising with us, email us at sexedwithbb at gmail.com. For more sex ed content, follow us on Insta at sexedwithbbpodcast. Tune in next time. <laughs>